0: In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Our passage this morning narrates the calling of Philip and Nathanael, which immediately follows the calling of Andrew, who we remember runs and tells his brother Peter, come and see, we have found the Christ. It is notable that Jesus finds Philip and not the other way around. Whereas the multitudes went out to hear John the Baptist Jesus searches out Philip and calls him by name. The great shepherd knows his sheep. Christ looks for us before we ever look for him. In the case of Philip, Jesus doesn't spend a moment persuading him of his credentials, nor does he lay out a detailed philosophy of life. He gives Philip, the clear and simple command to follow me. Jesus' first disciples, we learn, fit a pattern. They all urgently await the advent of the Lord. and They spend time immersed in Holy Scripture. They live in expectation. Scripture opens their eyes to see Christ as the fulfillment of their deepest hopes. This is the case for Andrew and Peter and also for Philip and Nathaniel. Philip's first words to Nathaniel are, we have found him. We have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write. Jesus of Nazareth, come and see. Jesus calls us all to follow him and become disciples. But his call especially resonates with those who look for him, for those who seek him. Jesus is clear. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. God shows himself to those who search him out. St. John Chrysostom observes, the expression we have found belongs always to those who are in some ways seeking. Philip immediately obeys Jesus' simple command and rushes off to find Nathanael. Following Christ means sharing Christ and beckoning those around us to come and see. Philip's response to Christ isn't to retire and ponder in solitude the mystery of the word made flesh. Rather, Philip joyfully spreads the good news. He doesn't try to reason with the skeptical Nathaniel, but simply tells him to come and see. It's rare that a person becomes a Christian through skillful argumentation. Too often Christians shy away from the task of evangelism because we feel that our faith isn't well-reasoned, or we are worried that it's just too simple and the discerning listener will find our beliefs naive. We can learn something from Philip's approach. He doesn't get bogged down in a discussion about how Nazareth might connect to Israel's messianic hope. He tells Nathaniel to come and witness this hope in the flesh. Following Christ is inextricably linked to proclaiming Christ, as Philip and Andrew clearly show. It's also about becoming like the one we follow. As St. John the Evangelist says, he who says he abides in Christ ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Whereas St. Chrysostom says a few hundred years later, there would be no need for sermons if our lives were shining. There would be no need for words if we bore witness with our deeds. There would be no more pagans if we were true Christians. There is no better evangelism than bearing Christ's light within ourselves, walking in the same way in which he walked. But what does it mean to walk in the same way in which he walked? Certainly it means loving God and neighbor. Certainly it means joy. But we must also walk with Christ towards suffering. We must, if we are to be his disciples, ascend the cross with him. Discipleship is about becoming increasingly conformed to the image of the Son, Conforming to the Son and walking in his way is full of joy and also great hardship. It's striking to note that only one of Jesus' twelve disciples is thought to have died a normal death. And that was St. John, who died in exile on the island of Patmos. The rest died violent deaths in the service of Christ, including Philip. Christ's follow me meant death, prison, and exile. We are mistaken if we think following Christ guarantees health, wealth, and a long life. If we look at the lives of his early followers, we see just the opposite. The closer one is to Christ, the greater the hardships. Many of our Christian contemporaries around the world would find this to be the case. The Jesuit Review notes that more Christians were martyred in the 20th century than in all previous centuries combined. The trend has not abated in this century. According to the International Society for Human Rights, Christians are estimated to make up 80% of those who are persecuted for their religion. They have been killed in India, Vietnam, Iraq, Colombia, Pakistan, Nigeria, Mexico, Egypt, Saudi Arabia, North Korea, Sri Lanka, China, and Indonesia. It may sound tone deaf to speak about the dangers of following Christ as we gather gather safely in this beautiful church. Most of us live comfortable lives. Our Christianity may at most occasionally cause us some social discomfort when it grinds against popular opinion. But this may not always be the case. At the risk of sounding alarmist, I think being Christian is going to become harder, even in our own country. I think the cost of discipleship is going to go up. The Christian faith finds itself in ever greater tension with the prevailing culture. It's not difficult to imagine traditional Christian beliefs being deemed too hazardous for public consumption by major communication platforms. Neither is it hard to imagine Christianity becoming hazardous to our careers. Maybe some of us experience this even now. This is a far cry from being turned into human torches to light the streets of Rome, the fate of some first century Christians. Our circumstances are very different, but they are changing. Following Christ may involve making greater sacrifices than it used to. Regardless of our circumstances, we are to serve as shining beacons in a world that is deeply lost and to love those who no longer understand us or the one we serve. As we contemplate the challenges ahead, let us think about Jesus who confronted a world that did not know him and how we assembled a group of faithful followers. The Christian life cannot be done alone. God has given us to one another so we can grow in honesty, love, compassion, and courage. In a world that often seems to be teetering on the brink, we gather together to renew our focus on the one who has given us new life. The only true evangelist is one who knows Christ. And authentic Christian renewal, as one writer puts it, will have to begin at the level of families, small groups, and local church communities. The world needs Christ and the world needs us. Let us join together in fellowship. Let us strengthen the bonds of love between us. Let there be no strife. and Let Christ dwell in our midst. So that when we say to the sick and weary world, Come and see, he will shine forth. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.